pray for my throat. I, uh, every other week as it stands right now, I teach the class that I teach on bass, and I'm talking <laughs> literally six to seven hours, <clears throat> and uh, in a large enough room that doesn't have the acoustics that this does, so I'm having to talk over, but anyway, so every other week I'm fine because I have time of recovery, but this last week... <laughs> was not my week, but I wound up teaching. I teach again this Thursday, or this Wednesday. So I just, it's not that I don't have a voice. I can sing, I can talk, and as you can hear me. But um, I just feel it back there where I have a little bit of a strain on it. And then having to do that again this Wednesday, uh, I'm just praying I don't strain it anymore. And also Thursday, I knew there was something else to pray about. If you would pray for me on Thursday, I will be getting three teeth, probably three, three teeth extracted. And so uh, I'll have that to recover this weekend too. So anyway, that might slow me down Sunday a little bit, I don't know, a little bit. So, uh, so do pray for that and the extractions will go well, they I had this one, this far back one extracted, and when I did, the roots were like just touching. There was just a, a thin membrane between the roots and the, and the sinus, so they had to go in and do some extra work. And when, when they x-rayed these two, the roots are long and right up in that area too. So I'm praying that they'll just come on out and we don't get into any problems there with the sinus, then this bottom one is just going to come on out, basically. So, anyway, if you'd help me pray about that, I appreciate that. So, First John, First John. This is interesting in the fact that the way that Paul, Paul, the Pauline epistles, as some people would say, and the epistles that we just read there in First and Second Peter, in the introduction, you know, there was a. Uh, you know, I Peter, I Paul, and they start. Hebrews doesn't have that introduction as well. And here John doesn't introduce himself. And, of course, the commentator Schofield, Mr. Schofield, in his, you know, his introduction here to the, to the book, he, you know, it could be one of humility. Um, could be just John in his... Um, uh, in his person, because all throughout his gospel that we'll see in Brother Glenn's teaching, he never refers to him. You know, he always, you know, the the, the disciple that the Lord, you know, that Jesus loved. Um, he never mentions himself by name as he is 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 writing that. And then, you know, in the Gospel of John, not to take away from any of Brother Glenn's teachings. In the Gospel of John, and I have referred to this recently in John chapter 20, verse 30. Uh, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, the things that John recorded. All right, so, so he was, <clears throat> I won't say... <clears throat> He was obviously guided by the Holy Spirit. But as he looked back through the book, he seen the things that God had him record. 
And he understood, verse number 31, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So with that, with that concept of 31, as Brother Glenn is teaching in, in the men's, I mean in the adult Sunday school class on Sunday morning, as he's going through it, that's why all that's that's the reason that we're under, that we're learning of all that John has penned is so that that men that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. That was the whole uh, emphasis on John's writings, and and so. Obviously, what we hear in and what we see in John's writings, it's going to be, whether I won't say paralleled necessarily in first, second, and third John, but it's almost like it just goes in a little bit deeper in first, second, and third John. Some of the concepts that we read in the Gospel of John, and so, so as we look, and I and I appreciate the Lord lining that up together, so we get a little bit of. John on Sunday morning and a little bit of John now on Sunday nights. So, he doesn't start out with I, John. And, of course, uh, as he, as Mr. Schofield puts up in his notes, uh, the writer, Apostle John, as as unbroken tradition affirms, so it's tradition when they found this letter, they read it, that that John was the author of it. As far as the penman of it, God was the author of it. And And as internal evidence and comparison with the Gospel of John proved. So there's there are again there are some parallels that we're going to see in both of of these of the gospel and these letters here that he wrote. But he just starts off. He doesn't say again no salutation, no I'm the one that wrote this. He just starts off. I'm going to read all 10 verses, I believe yeah, 10 verses here of the chapter. That which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. And again, note that that's a parenthetical statement, so just a little bit of extra or emphasis, or for uh, explanation. And oftentimes, and I've told you this in my studies, when you study the Bible, again, who is it written to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But oftentimes, you can read down to the beginning of a parenthesis, a parenthetical statement, and then read it, understand, know what it's going back and kind of giving you more details on. You can read through it, but then go back and then just take that statement out. Because sometimes just just to see the flow as it continues, and we may do that here in a minute, but and we're going to go through it. But anyway, verse number three, that which was seen, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with, the Son, with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. 
This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all his sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the day and the good teaching and preaching that we've heard and the word of God as it's uh, been delivered to us. I thank you, uh, Lord, for uh, the Word of God and, uh, Lord, for just through it that we might uh, learn of Thee and understand and know that Jesus is the Christ and that through Him that we can have eternal life. And I just thank you for that. And I pray, that, Lord, as we look into the into the Word and this and this uh, uh, this book, uh, that You're blessing this study as well as uh, the rest of the studies. Thank you, Lord, for the Sunday school and the Sunday school teachers and their their wisdom and uh, the direction that you've led them into. I pray and ask that you will be with those that are sick and not with us tonight. Help Lisa uh, with the pain that she's dealing with and give grace and to her and uh, the lack of strength really too uh, that she's dealing with as well. Pray the Lord for her sister in the hospital that you lift her up with the pneumonia, be with Freddie, help him to get out of the hospital. And as he returns home, that you keep him uh, healthy and be with Roy as he goes to the doctor that you give them wisdom uh, concerning what the uh, plan is I guess the best plan uh, for his treatments but Lord we pray that you just touch him and that you would even just miraculously heal him if it be your good will and pleasure uh, to do that and I pray that you would work in hearts and lives of, 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 uh, of those that are here and we ask and pray in Jesus' name Amen, amen. Now, note, just we're going to just, like, a side note real quick. We're not going to go there, but the second chapter starts with my little children. Okay, so, again, in the introduction that Mr. Schofield does, it says, so who is it written to? So, uh, you know, and you don't see that uh, until you get uh, to that second, um, that second chapter. It says the theme, First John Again, Mr. Schofield writing, First John, is a, uh, First John is a family letter from the father to his little children who are in the world. With the possible exception of the Song of Solomon, it is the most intimate of the inspired writings in his view. So it's to the little children. So it's a father-child book. Okay. And again, you know, we see to those that are scattered abroad, so we understand that these letters are written <clears throat> to the churches, which are the safe folks, to the saints scattered abroad, to so so these these letters, and which is why it's canonized in the scripture. Okay, look, this is a holy book. Sinners can't understand this book. The Ethiopian unit is an example of it. You can sinners can read this book, but it takes. It takes the preacher. It takes the preacher, according to Romans. It takes, uh, and God, well, rewind. I want to say it takes the preacher. God uses the preacher, according to Corinthians. 
God uses the preaching. I don't understand it. I was humbled again by the thought of when in Brother Glenn's Sunday school. Um, Brother Hodnett has always been good, always, whether it's me or anybody else. I mean, I'm, let me think. I'm 11 years older than Brother Hodnett, I guess. And, um, but I've seen him around other preachers and how he addresses them and how he addressed me, you know, he's a preacher. Uh, some, some people address me as pastor and, uh, and, and preacher. I don't mind preacher and, uh, and one thing or another. But, um, you know, Brother Hall is my father-in-law. In family circles, in family settings, I'll call him Pop or Dad. But in church settings and when I worked for him as he was the pastor of the church and director of the radio station and the uh, administrator of the school, and I was the principal, which is a joke, and a teacher of school, and a radio worker, and a church worker, he was Pastor Hall or Brother Hall, period. And then to, as Brother Glenn was introducing John the Baptist, when he said there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. When I read statements like that, and I read statements like, how beautiful are the feet of them, and then I read that God uses the base, <laughs> the base things. I don't understand the call of God on my life. But when, when people introduce me as the man of God, I've heard that in meetings, you know, the, the man of God for the hour which is a true statement. But it is an humbling statement and it is a it's a grave statement. It's not to be taken lightly. To know and again, people the most misunderstood preacher, I mean the most misunderstood man is the preacher lots of times, you know, because of just the way that God deals with us and works in us and through us and I stand I stand in awe at times and I don't want to but just like you know and I've often said so in in first Corinthians 129 that no flesh should glory in his presence I don't want to glory I he uses the base things he says He's chosen, chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and chosen the weak things in the world to confound the uh, things which are mighty and the base things of the world which and the things which are despised hath God chosen ye and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. You know, who was John? I mean, God used John. But in John the Baptist, and I, I hope I don't take anything away from Brother Glenn's message, in John the Baptist, we'll see in John chapter 3 that he stated, look, and he points to Jesus, and he said, he's got to increase, and I've got to decrease. And if we as preachers 
Well, keep that mindset that we are simply chosen because we're foolish, <laughs> chosen because we're base. That's the bottom. That's the base of the pulpit right there. That's where we're at. Chosen because we're unwise. And if we will stay in that place, then God can use us and speak through us. Because when we, are, when we remain in that place, then He gets the glory. And so maybe that's why John, the Apostle John, started off again, you know, it was speculated, here by Mr. Schofield at least, that he might have just, and the re- reason he wrote the way that he wrote in his, his, uh, his gospel was that, look, he was the youngest, apparently, historically, probably, of all the disciples, a young man, and in that... <clears throat> You know, he suffered persecution. He cared for uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, after the, after the crucifixion. He was chosen in that stead. But he's writing, he's writing this to the little children. And so, again, in the divisions by Mr. Schofield's divisions, it says uh, the first division of this book is the family with the father, and then the family and the world. All right, so if you just kind of look, maybe look at that, if you've got a school field or not, we, I just, I couldn't find what I was looking for in other, by other commentators, and I just glanced here real quickly because I know Mr. Schofield puts an introduction in all of his books to the, ch- to the book itself, non-inspired. <laughs> but getting back into the word, that which was from the beginning... Again, as Brother Glenn went back, he said, I, I was going to go on, don't know why, but i got to stay back in, in John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, again, this parallel that we heard this morning here in John when he said, in the beginning was the word, and John, 1 John says that which was from the beginning. He just goes right straight into this letter talking of Jesus. And we see... The same words that we see in his gospel right here in, in, here in 1 John, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Let's jump to three. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye may all, that ye, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Verse number 4, And these things write we unto you, now this is the reason that this is written, that your joy may be full. So what I've seen in the first four verses, specifically in verse 3 and 4, is that our fellowship, you know, so it's naturally alliterated, we see our fellowship, you know, established that ye may have fellowship with us, the preachers, the other believers, and the word, and 
And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus. So there's fellowship in these declarations. These are the reasons that I'm writing these. And again, as Mr. Schofield has put, in these divisions, how we, little children, interact with the family. How we, as little children, interact with the world. And we're going to see this as we progress through the book. And then the second one, that we may be full. Fellowship and full. Full of what? Full of joy. Sister Jennifer testifies, and most of the time when she gets to that point in her testimony, you can't hardly hear because she gets a little choked up. <laughs> I'm not laughing, but it's, it, it, it's, it's true. Here's her, what, every time when she gets to this part about the peace, she goes, <laughs> you, you see it swell up in her. She goes, the peace that's, that's there that I didn't have anymore. And the same thing can be applied to the joy, the joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's unspeakable joy. It's peace that passeth all understanding. That's what we receive in the fellowship is full joy and peace that passeth all understanding. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can go through the hard times. One of the things that my brother did bring up, <clears throat> and I, the connection that we have, and I, and I really appreciated even it was a 24-hour visit, literally almost 24 hours exactly, that he pulled into my driveway and he left the next day. And... You know, we're not around, but there's just a connection. And I said something about that connection and about how that we can be, you know, not around each other. We can get together, we can go out and do, and we just, there's just something there. And he looked at me and said, that's because we have been through some things together. (laughs) Some of those things I referred to this morning, except I was the big brother. You know how that goes. I was the protector, even though I was five. I was a protector at 13 in an event. I was the, the column that held up my brother and sister at my mom's death, even though internally I was breaking down. But I couldn't put on, I, I had to put on at least the, the, the facade that you were, I'm here for you. And I was, and I had my moment later. That's just been our relationship. And so, so but there, there's something about that that just, <clears throat> a family relationship that we understand each other. I mean, that's what I was thinking, that we go through things in life and the outside world looks at us and says, how, how are you facing that trial? How are you facing that hardship? How are you still going on? How can you still, you know, you don't have to be happy in those times. Happy happy and joy is two different things. But there's a joy that's within the child of God that we can even end the bad things and through the bad things and when all the bad things, kind of, we, we can kind of see beyond 
I've referred to those that died in the Colosseums in Rome. Christians with the beast turned loose on them. Kids, women. And now that like Stephen when he was stoned, <laughs> look beyond the event that was happening, happening to them. They could see beyond. They could see the other side. Even if it was by, through the eyes of faith. Faith in the word of God that to be absent from the, from the uh, body is to be present with the Father. Even if it's the eyes of faith that says, uh, what is it? Um, I mean, I just, I'm, we all know it. Uh, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. <laughs> in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm coming back. And I know I didn't quote it right there, but that's the gist of it. And when we can get a hold of Jesus Christ said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe. That goes to that faith again. And through our troubles and our trials and our hard times and our disappointments, a child of God can have joy that the world don't understand. Because we know we have a future. When I preached that, this uh, the running joke, the outline, and I think I preached it here before, years ago. Um, one of the, I think it was in February probably when I filled in for Brother Williamson, February of 2019, I might have preached it that Wednesday night or something here. But we can be trouble-free in troubled times because we have faith, we have a future, and we have a father. And uh, they don't understand it. So we can be full of joy even in these times, and we can look into the word of God in those troublesome times. And we can find, we can be full, full we can be filled, there we go, with the joy of the words of comfort and, and strength that we find in the scriptures. Turn to the Psalms. I mean, turn to Job. <laughs> we use him this morning. And then you read some of those discourses in Job, and you're like, man, Job had it bad. And Job did have it bad, but in all that happened to Job, he sinned not. He was able to worship God in those times. And when the devil would get on my shoulder, like he has a time or two, and said he was going to kill all my family at one time. It's going to all die in a car wreck. And I was going to be left alone. You know, and I was going to line up eight caskets across the front of the church. Man, that devil's a liar. But, you know, the flesh listens every now and then. And then you get to, what would I do if? I very rarely go there. I most of the time just take it as it happens and deal with it. I don't speculate. I'm not that type. But every now and then, I, I do fall into that category. And as I got to contemplating eight caskets across the front of the church, that would be pretty rough. Like the devil said he was going to do. 
And then I got, there's a, you know, the song, uh, and it's about Job. Uh, I can't remember the song now. But uh, it goes with Job. Uh, let me see here. His ability, as he says right here in Job 1, I believe it is. Nope. Yep. Nope. Let's see here. Well, Job 1, 5. Let's see. Nope, not there. Job 1, 22. In, this, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. But, uh, oh, there it is. Verse number 20. And Job arose and went and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell to the ground I fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Yeah, I know the song now. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the name of the song. And that, that, those words are in there. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when the devil was telling me all that, I said, well, I'm hoping in my heart that God would give me enough grace that I could sing that song, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, knowing that I wasn't the first man that that happened to. Job was. Because Job had, what, seven kids? <laughs> I don't know that, you know, it would be tough. And I know some of you have lost spouses and some of you have lost children. And other things in your lives that I'll never know anything of, you know, as far as maybe some of the physical things that folks go through that's present here with us today. But I'm saying that we can be joyful. We as a child of God can experience that. These things right, we unto you. Now, that's interesting. It just stood out to me. We... <laughs> Okay, John's writing this, but he, who's the we? But anyway, these things we write unto you, something to look into, um, that you, uh, we write unto you that your joy may be full. But it goes, and then that fellowship that we have. And, and let's go back up to verse number two. Now again, so we, we went from one to three because the, the way that the, that's why I say sometimes you can read it this way, because the way that the list was going on, and that's the way that I read it, you know, we have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon with our hands, uh, 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 looked upon and with our hands handled of the word of life, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Now let's go back and pick up the parentheses. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. That goes back to... Uh, John 1 this morning, <clears throat> when he said, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. So he was here. He came. He's here. He's among the world. John says, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. The world didn't see it. The world didn't understand it. The world didn't know it. But we seen it. 
We've handled it. <laughs> For the life was manifested, we have seen it, and we bear witness and show you that eternal life. Now, it's interesting because I believe when he uses the word that there and he uses the word at the very beginning of sentence one, that which was from the beginning. He's referring to Jesus. When he says that eternal life, he's referring to Jesus. And when I read it in that format here in the parentheses, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, again, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So the same was uh, which was with the Father and was manifested in us as he put that eternal life. So again, all things were made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light, because we see life and light here in, in John 1, we see the life and the light here as well. But when he says that eternal life, and not to get ahead of Brother Glenn, but when he expresses the eternal life found in Jesus Christ, he's described here as eternal life. So you could just look at Jesus and said eternal life. And so if you're going to get eternal life, I mean, that's what's promised to us by faith in the Son. But we see other scriptures where Christ is, we're in Christ and Christ is in us. And if we are in Christ and he's the eternal life, that's where the eternal life is at. We are going to die again as he did this morning. All you know, It is appointed unto men once to die. That's this flesh. But the second birth or the second death is the future and is spiritual. So we can be born again into eternal life, if you want to put it that way, which is right. It's good. I mean, based on what we just read there, he's saying we, we have seen it and bear witness and show you that, just like the that up in verse number one, that eternal life. So you can say, I mean, he, he's eternal. Christ is eternal. He never had a beginning, doesn't have an ending. He was in the beginning with the Father when there was a beginning, when God said, okay, we're going to create this thing called time. We're going to start it right here. In the, you know, eternity is done by sideways figure eight. <clears throat> Or a circle, never ending. <clears throat> Somewhere in the sideways figure eight, there's a little speck called time. He put it there, and one of these days, time will be no more, according to Revelation. But he, in the beginning, boom, and he had always been with the Father because he is God. One God manifests himself in three persons. So he is eternal life. He's always been. He always will be. And the new birth puts us in him. And he in us. <laughs> wow. And to get a hold of all of this, I just just like, this is too heavy to hang on to. I know. But let's just get out there and let's just tread water a while. It's deep. <laughs> but 
but it's enjoyable, it's refreshing. And sometimes just to take the time to turn off the phone, set it aside, all the noise, get in the Word, and just read four verses, just like we did tonight, and just go, hmm. (laughs) And just think on the structure, think on the words fellowship and full of joy and and think of these things and just let it expand. And if God the Holy Spirit would lead you to other scripture, to compare scripture with scripture like we're doing tonight in John chapter 1, and you see how it all ties together and how big it gets. It's bigger than any, any one of us. But it's real and it's real in the believer's heart and the believer's life. That's why we can be full of joy. And we have the fellowship with the Father. And that's another thing that just blows our mind, that again, little old speck, finite person of me in this universe can go to the Father through the Son. (laughs) If ye shall ask anything in my name, Jesus Christ's name, I will do it. And you're going, what? I'm just going by the word. Pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's just an example. The example of how to pray. And the things that we have in prayer. And how that we go, and we can go in the closet, the Bible says. Excuse me. We can go in the closet and pray in secret. And then he will take our secret prayers and reward us openly. I don't understand it. I just take it by faith. And it's real. We've seen it. One of the things that I heard of, you know, in in the testimony of whatever happened to Freddie Sr. between, would you right up here? Right up here in downtown. Right up here, his blood pressure was way down. Right right up here, his, his blood pressure... His heart rate, right? A lot of things was down. They was pumping stuff like Josh was saying this morning, pumping stuff in him and putting him on things and trying to get his O2 sats up and said he had pneumonia right up here. Oh, we're going to transfer him downtown. And getting in downtown, and the doctor looked at him and said, I don't know, take this off, stop the antibiotics, stop this, because he don't have any of that. Now, when I heard that and, and, and then heard that, God must be answering some prayers between here and downtown. It thrilled my heart, not so much that, I mean, it thrilled me that that happened, but it thrilled my heart to see the youngest of the children of God in our midst seeing it for themselves. Maybe whispering the prayers themselves and seeing God move at their prayers. Let that build your faith. There's where I got a thrill. Because I'm saying, they're finally getting it. (laughs) They're finally seeing it for themselves. And like I said, working at WSOF, I've seen things that are inexplainable. We had a a Catholic man who was our chief engineer. Okay, we had him on retainer. And we had the old transmitter. 
analog transmitter. Bought in 1973. Great big old tubes that was in that thing. And he would, come, he would because he, we, we could have hired him by the hour, but we could, or we could just pay him so much, a month, uh, so much a week, which we did, and we increased it through the years. He didn't ask for it. We just, we just did, and he appreciated when we did. But we just kept him on retainer. He got to check every week whether he did anything or not. But for a while, he would at least come by and do some readings, make sure everything was right. He, it would take him about, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe. Pretty good paycheck for 20 minutes. But when he come down and was working hours, he was still, we had him on retainer. That's, where it's all, that's how all that worked. But he would come down, and he could testify today about that old transmitter. He said, there's, th- there's times that this radio station is not supposed to be running. <laughs> the things I'm finding when I'm opening up this cabinet should not allow this to put out any power, let alone 39,000 watts. And he didn't understand it. <laughs> he knew when we would gather, talking about going up and gathering around the base of the tower and praying, we'd done it. We, we, prayed, we prayed money in that way. We prayed for just the, the God would touch, just stretch the, the life of those tubes out. And God just done some miraculous things. And it was amazing to see. And I'm glad that I was a part of that because... That built my faith. That helped me to be able to. I, t- I don't know if I've told it here before. Maybe I have. And I don't, it's not kind of there, but it's kind of here where we're at. This faith that we can have, the fellowship with the Father and the Son. Again, you know, when he says that, you know, that, what I just said. And, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, Jesus talking, there's the fellowship with the Son. In my name, going to the Father through the Son. Who's our mediator? We've heard all that today. He's our advocate. We can go to him through, through Jesus. He sits on the right-hand side of the Father, mediating. I mean, it's all in the Scriptures. And, if we, and, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Not for our glory. We're the base things, remember. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we're going to see that theme in 1 John. <laughs> but the fact that we can, and again, we are just scratching the surface. I think we're a little bit maybe getting on down in there, especially compared to some folks. They don't believe God for things. We can. And I'm not... Anyway, I'll say it this way. So, coming up the highway from Georgia, 15 passenger van, seven kids and a wife in it. Looking west is a dark, some of like the dark clouds that happens out here, dark clouds. And it's getting ready to come a gully washer. And I'm on I-24 westbound. Almost to Clarksville, Tennessee, and my driver's side tire blows out. 
on the rear on the rear of that thing. It just, I mean, it just kind of messed up a little bit of the of the body and and my tailpipe and anyway. So I was able to safely get it across to the side off the side, hopefully far enough where I could change that tire. I had a jack. I had a spare, but I didn't have a tire tool. No way to loosen the nut, the lug nuts. So my wife immediately, she's just this way. She's quick on the draw when it says, what are we going to do? <laughs> and I'm like, give me a minute. So, I mean, the vehicles, and on I-24 up through there, from Nashville to Clarksville, they just scream. And so I'm sitting there, and I, and I prayed, you know, Lord, we got this, this cloud coming in, and I don't have a four-way tire tool. And I just said, please help me. Something along those lines. I prayed, and then the Lord said, so I said, so anybody, this sounds crazy. I said, anybody got a piece of paper? I said, I need a piece of paper. And they're like, what? I said, give me a piece of paper and something and something to write with. So they pulled out a piece of paper, and I and I, I scratched as thick as I could with a, a ballpoint pen. Need four way, <laughs> maybe like this. And my oldest son, I said, okay, Joshua, get out. So my oldest son comes out the back with me. I proceed to take to get my tire out of the van. And I said, look, I said, this traffic's dangerous. I said, but stand there like this and hold this out. And literally, by the time that I put the spare tire on the ground, a little truck pulled in in front of us. And the guy gets out of his truck here. Gets out, and he just, walking back to the van, just reaches over in the back of the truck, pulls out a four-way tire tool, comes back to my, to my van. Of course, you know, traffic is right here, and he, he just kneels down and starts loosening the lugs on my car, and he's got ten lugs on that dude because it was a one-ton van. And, of course, he gives up pretty quick, and then I finish it. And he goes, you ain't going to believe this when he's down there loosening the lugs. I said, what's that? He goes, I was just at an auction this morning and bought this four-way tire tool (laughs) and had him drive by me right when I needed it. And I took that same story back to Island Fort. We got the tire changed, made it to Clarksville, got inside the Ryan's Buffet, and then the bottom dropped out of those clouds. And I took, I told that story to Island Ford, praising the Lord, and then the next service, Brother Shelby Wilson comes carrying me in a brand new four-way tire tool, and he says, here, now you've got one. <laughs> and that four-way tire tool is... Right back there in my in my Yukon, and that's just that's just Brother Doug Thompson. I'll tell this story. Brother Doug Thompson tells a story about he he had a, he was an evangelist in a, in an old bus 
He had two different buses in evangelism. He lived in the bus. That was his house. Two daughters and a wife. And he had this old bus. He could name the Detroit diesel engine that was there. You know, certain model, certain engine number and whatever. And he said, I'm driving up the road with my family. It's a holiday weekend. Nothing's open. You know, I'm just driving up through there. And my bus, we, my bus begins to make this noise. And I'm like, or maybe just a little something. It was, just wasn't right. So I said, So I pull, I see a truck stop, and I pull into this truck stop. And he said, now I had done some work on this bus, and and I had replaced some radiator hoses and one thing or another, and I went and got a radiator hose for my bus, and he said it was the wrong one. So I just throwed it up in underneath the the area there on the, underneath the bottom of the bunch, the luggage compartments. And he goes, I went and got the right one, got my bus fixed. So anyway, I'm driving up the road, and uh, something didn't, and I pulled over into this truck stop. So he goes, I get out, I pop open the, the engine compartment, and I'm looking, and I'm trying, I'm going down my troubleshooting checklist, figuring out, trying to figure out what's wrong with my bus, and I look over, and there's a cab over, diesel that's pulled the cab over and there's a guy standing there you know leaned up against the tire like this in his head and he he goes over there and he says he said what what's you know you got what's your problem and he said he said i need an upper radiator hose for a such and such diesel engine such and such. He goes, I've been standing here praying that God, because everything's closed. It's holiday weekend. I can't get one. I've been standing here praying. He goes, wait a minute, you've been praying? And he said, yeah, I've been praying. He goes, stay right there. And he goes over, remembering that he had thrown this radiator hose, and he's digging down in there. He reaches in, grabs this radiator hose, walks over to the truck driver and says, is this what you need? And the guy goes, that's exactly what I need. He said, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets in and cranks up his bus, and whatever noise it was making wasn't there anymore. God had him pull over for that radiator hose for this Christian truck driver that was praying for that upper radiator hose. You say that stuff is crazy. No, it's real. I don't know where I come off with all that. God, was, I'm, I'm, I'm positive God wants me to, to build our faith and our their, their faith and our joy could be full and our fellowship is with him. Look, again, he's writing to the little children. And, and again, that's the way that I seen this the other day in Freddie Sr.'s testimony that the little children are building their faith. But I'm still a little kid. <laughs> I'm walking down. <laughs> he's still a little kid. He's saying, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still... You know, God's he's still working on him. He's been at it a longer time, so he's, you know, he's about ready to cross over to perfection. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's closer than some of I don't know, maybe they'll all go together tonight. That'd be great. <laughs> but we can have a, jo- a full joy and fellowship with the Son as little children. But then, like, you know, we've used before, the faith is a little child, a little child. We can just believe God for things. 
I mean, we're going to talk about the, we're going to get five through ten later on, and that's when that fellowship with light and darkness. We can have fellowship with the Son, His Son, the Father, and His Son Jesus Christ, but that fellowship. Let me just go ahead and go five through seven right now. This then is the message which we have heard of Him. So John is simply reiterating Christ's message because he's testified. What is it said over here? We've heard, we've seen Him, we heard Him, we touched, we handled Him. We are witnesses of the word of life. We are witnesses. And I'm telling you what he said. Here's what he said. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. John chapter, or the gospel of John chapter 1. He, he talked about that light this morning. That John the Baptist was the, the, the forerunner to declare. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Speaking of that, here's another little that come to me about this morning and tonight too. Brother Hall, when he was, I don't know, I don't think he was a junior high boy yet, but a bigger boy, a fly flew in his ear and was in his ear, going toward his brain, <laughs> and it wouldn't come out. And he said, you talking about something that'll drive you nuts is have a fly in your ear buzzing and carrying on. And, and everybody tried this and tried that, and it was just driving him nuts. But he had a wise old aunt that said, turn out the light, let's shut the curtains and give me a flashlight. So they did all that and gave him a flashlight and they put the flashlight right up here. And that, that fly seeing the light <laughs> turned around and come out the ear. You know, at night, in the summertime, flies are buzzing around. You start shutting down the house. Here's what happens, though. You shut down the, you know, the dining room, the kitchen, the living room, and the lights are still back here in the bedroom, which you're headed, and guess where the flies are headed? They're headed to the light. <laughs> So when you get in the bed, or before you, they're all around you. And then they, they park it on the wall, and as soon as light starts coming through your window of the morning, they're up again. Something about that light. And, and like was even mentioned tonight, when we see this light manifested to us, we're in darkness. There is a certain inclination to head toward the light. Some people are just lovers of darkness. They don't want nothing to do with the light. I've seen a gospel track. It was kind of interesting. It was, it was one of those chick tracks, but it had the light coming from behind. I mean, just these beams of light this way. And so the person was just like walking in darkness that way. And so people was coming this way toward the light. <laughs> And they like, look. And they're like, why should I look? It's brilliant. It's glorious. And, you know, and, and I ain't going to. I don't need that. You know, and it was kind of a back and forth like that. And finally, when he turned around, he's like, oh, that's what I need. And so many times, that's where people are. They just, the, the, the light is declared unto them, but they're like, I'm not in darkness. I'm good. 
I like it here. <laughs> and just all the excuses. They don't see their need for the light. They don't see their need for the Savior. They don't see their need and they're just happy in their darkness. But we, as a church, are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? What are we doing? We're declaring the light. We're saying, look, dark world, you need the light. Let me tell you about the light. There's life in the light. Eternal life in the light. So that fellowship with that light. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That includes... I'm sorry, Miss Jennifer. That includes that reproof. You know, we're walking in the light, but every now and then he'll say, Dink, you need to get rid of that. Okay, I'll get rid of that. Dink, you need to get this in your system. Okay, I'll get this in my life. Because you're walking in the light. The preachers are preaching. The teachers are teaching. We are opening the word. God says to do it. We're doing it. God says don't do it. We're not doing it. We're walking in the light. But when we said, nope, not going to do that. You're on too far, God. (laughs) Then something's wrong. There's these folks that come in. They've been here, and they're not here tonight. Several people we could put the name on. They say, oh, yeah, this is just what I need. And they'll take out the bar of soap, the do-good soap, the get-better soap, the turn-over-the-new-leaf soap, and they'll try to clean up. They'll try to do better, and they'll try to turn over that new leaf. And on with joy. Yeah, this is just what I need. This is just the place I'm looking for. This is just this. This is just. But they're not here today. Why? Because the light reproved them of their sin. They said that they was walking in the light, but they're not. And it says, in them is no, what does it say? And in him is no darkness at all. Oh, I'm sorry. And walk in darkness, they, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from our sin. So that's that walk of faith. Look, we're not, he's, you know, we don't just, we are sanctified positionally at the time of the new birth. But sanctification as far as the, the rest of our walk, it's a growing. It's something that we grow into. It's something that we're ever learning. But the thing about walking in the light is we desire to know what the Word of God says. And then when the God, Word of God points it on us, we fix it. There's the fellowship. Okay, And if we're sinning, we know that the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us. But those that reject that... Those that say, I'm walking in the light, but your life is not, your, your life is in the darkness, you're a liar. 
And that's what the Bible says, not Doug Bell. Verse number six, if we say we have fellowship with him, yeah, I know Jesus. Like Brother Glenn talking about some people he's learned, he knows, and I know I had almost the same conversation with the fellow I work with, and it was just kind of out of the blue. It was one of those, those little awkward moments, something come up about religion or something, and, and, and of course he just kind of says, you know, that uh, something along the same lines of, you know, like me and God's got this thing going, or I have a, 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 a relationship with God, my own way, my own way, my own relationship with God. You know, and I, I've heard the same thing, you know, along the lines of I, I can worship God in a tree stand. You know, basically me and nature, me and God in nature are one, <laughs> or in the fishing boat, or in the... No, no don't work that way. You're still in the darkness. You're a liar. Maybe be a little bit more tactful, but I'm getting less tactful the older I get. <laughs> and the more I preach this book, I want to say whenever they come off of that, no, according to John chapter 1, verse number 6, you're a liar. You're in darkness, but you say that you're in the light. And that's not being ugly. You know, again, maybe with some tact, but, but really... When you declare the truth in love, that's the key. You know, so many times, I mean, if this was filled with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, substances that me and Rich understands and knows about and have taught some people about, this is not water in this place. It's got a big um, skull and crossbones on it for poison. Somebody ripped off the label, but I know that it's poison. And Tyler comes up here thinking it's water. You know, for me to know that what's in there will kill him and not say anything about it if I see him going to it, is that showing any love to Tyler? No, if I come and I just physically knock it out of his hands as he's getting ready to, to drink it, you say, whoa, boy, that's, that's, that's pretty over the top that Brother Bell did, you know, I mean, he attacked my son. And that's what, you know, I've seen parents that way. Brother Bell said that my little boy was a sinner. And they get mad and they leave. Well, Brother Bell knew what that sin would do to that little boy. Brother Bell did that out of love. Said that out of, not just Brother Bell, other preachers. Saying that's out of love. When we get up and we preach a message like this morning, and we say, you are a dirty, rotten sinner. I'm declaring the book, because guess what? I was too. But now I've been washed. And you can be washed. And I'm saying those things not out of Hatred, not out of spite, not out of whatever, but because I know what sin will do. The wages of sin is death, period. Death. So if we can pull people from the fire, if we can get a little 
passionate in our preaching and our teaching. And, and imagine, that's all that we hear from you. Well, we want you to be saved. We want our children to be saved. Our loved ones, our neighbors. So, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses, cleanseth us from all sin. And then we're going to talk about if we say we don't have sin. Again, talking about the line. We'll get that next time. Probably pick it up. I got Sorry for the sidetracks, but I'm just saying... We can be full of joy. We can be full of faith. Uh, that's an extra F there. And full of fellowship. According to the word of God. Let's pray.